Okay. It's been a while. It's currently the end of August 2021. Over three months have passed since G and I locked ourselves in his studio and made this. I don't fit in here On the mic, on these streets, now it's crystal clear Each night spent hiding in this city, it's weird As the neon lights bore even deeper through my pores, I should disappear I've been sitting on the track ever since So far I've only shared it with my wife, Lucy Um, so, what do you think? Oh my goodness, it wasn't what I expected <laughs> Um... I think your rapping's good now. I think it is. I think you've got your flow better. Um, yeah, I like the chorusy bit, that like nod your head you stuff. You actually like that bit. I... I. Do you know what? This is a weird thing to say. It reminds me of the little um, Churchill dog, who I'm quite a fan of, so... I like The dog on the Churchill adverts <laughs> makes you think of that. <laughs> Yeah. It's not the feedback I was expecting, but I'll, I'll I'll take it. As for me, when it comes to the track, I'm, I'm kind of torn. It doesn't feel like a banger to me. Not in the slightest. I think, if anything, the track is quite forgettable. Kind of the opposite of a banger. Also, this one bit in particular really annoys me. A slip by a fraction on my flow just here. Hiding in this city, it's weird. As the neon lights bore even deeper through my pool. And it kind of messes up the whole verse for me when I hear it. Honestly, I'm, I'm so annoyed about that moment. Verse two is much better. And I do find myself nodding my head as I listen to it. But the hook? I don't know. I just don't think it's a banging one. There's some sloppy writing in the third verse, particularly. It's, it's all just a bit too wordy, I think. But I also do think it's better, way better than anything I could have made when I recorded episode one, series one of this podcast. It's not as good as I want it to be, but it's competent, I think. I'm bouncing on the beat more effectively and even if it isn't a banger, I think everything I said needed to come out. Plus, something's changed in me whilst making that track. This might sound weird, but successfully hitting the rhythm like that, it, it's like I've broken through this invisible barrier in my head by doing that. I, I feel less self-conscious on a beat now. I think... I'd enjoy writing something that bangs on a beat again, which is pretty banging, I'd say. Meanwhile, the world has moved on. We're now fully out of lockdown, or supposed to be, anyway. Matt Hancock, our health minister, has resigned, just like Dominic Cummings resigned, and the nation, it seems, has resigned itself to heading back to work, getting on with things, kind of ignoring COVID, like it's some old fad or fashion. This terrifying killer virus 
that's now gone the way of Beanie Babies, Pogs, or the Barcode Battler. I find it a bit weird, if I'm honest, walking down streets that were illegal to be on a year ago. But as a human being who needs to make money, what can you do? I had my first face-to-face gig in London a few weeks ago, just before the summer holidays started. It was at an all-girls school that I've visited half a dozen times in the past. This time, though, the journey in. My first time on a train since the lockdowns began. It was a lot. The train was packed. Dozens of people squeezing past each other. Row after row of strangers sat side by side, coughing, sneezing, chatting on their phones. At the station, there were scores of people too, hugging each other, joking around, sharing cups of coffee, just happy to be out. There was almost this sense of euphoria in the air. Everything felt fizzy and sugary. Exciting, in a way, but kind of out of control, too. When I turned up to the school, I was led into the main hall to get ready, and 200 girls filed in, all of them about 11 or 12 years old. I then performed poems for them for about an hour. It's a gig I've done plenty of times in the past, at a school that I really like. But this time, I kind of messed up my opening. I had a new piece on paper that I couldn't hold still at one point. My left leg was shaking throughout the performance. As the girls watched me from behind their masks, I half staggered, half slalomed through the set. Towards the end, there's always a Q&A session, and, and this time, one girl put her hand up and said, Are you nervous? My leg was wobbling a fair bit at the time, and I said, Yeah. Yeah, I was. I'm nearly as scared by being out in the open again as I was by the virus in the first place. How messed up is that? Last time on Mark Can't Rap. I need I need to write a banger. Okay. Define banger. Well, that's the hard. <laughs> yes. Oh, gonna lay you down. Gonna make you frown. When I take you out. Yeah, I mean we've already used half. Of... How long is it gonna take you to write a beat? Ah, it don't take that long. That's the thing. If you want like a nice simple banger, we can uh, watch for no matter half hour. Like a snow globe. But don't feel that way at home though. Okay, yeah. Like a snow globe. I can't phone home though. Everyone round me voted Bojo. <laughs> now we're stuck. I'm currently sat in my living room with Bruce writing this script. The difference is now I'm allowed to go outside whenever I like. When I finish this script, I'll save it alongside all the others on my laptop the completed second series of Mark Can't Rap. They'll sit alongside the tracks and poems that I've been writing too. I guess I should be excited about sharing all of this stuff 
about heading out to gig again, reconnecting with my audience, going back to normal, but I'm not. I'm really sorry, I, I am, but after that school booking, I was exhausted for the next two days. The moment I got home, I had to lie down in a darkened room for an hour. It was just all too much. I'd know I've been lucky to be locked away like this, to be safe and well, but going back out there, face to face and on social media, reconnecting with an audience in any meaningful way, it, it just fills me with dread right now. I listened yesterday to episode one of the series. We got that one completely finished now. And this bit in particular. Jeez, is this who I am now? Someone who's just scared all the time. I can see why people are right now. Lockdown is terrifying. The world is falling apart. Oh man. I find it crazy that after all of these episodes, I feel like that still. I'm, I'm right back where I was. Well, one more episode, and that means one more artist. I figured perhaps I could find someone who has the whole scene laid out in front of them at the moment, who's really making a name for themselves. And I think I know the perfect artist. Her name's Sha Simone. I first heard her work on GRM Daily. It was this track, Back to Sender. Anything they wish me back to sender. Charlie, keep it real, ain't no pretender. And it just sounded great. I love the writing. The rhymes are unexpected but still on point. Her flow is tight and she gets her personality across really well in each track that she puts out. Here's another example. Jump off the rolls, now I'm there on the maps, no standing ovation, but we make it clap. I'm in a lab dicks, there are no daps. Come like Jerry when I'm dealing with a rap. Post a pick on the gram, just flex. Get the hey big head text expect. Milliate landed, so no rest, classy babe, rebel with a cause like guess. Shasamon's just really got all these core strengths sorted as an MC. Her videos are great, the music's popping. I'll put links to both those tracks in this episode. Now, Shasamon has got momentum right now. She's making the best music of her life and she's getting some great opportunities off the back of them. She's just about to perform at Wembley Arena, supporting Dave. It seems like she's got the industry laid out in front of her and she's taking no prisoners, just being fearless. I figured she'd be a great person to talk to about coming out the other side of COVID, both for myself and, and for anyone else who's been struggling to get back out there. What's her secret? What is it that drives her and is helping her succeed? So I went about getting in touch. After a few emails with her management and a bit of date wrangling, we locked in a date and time. I logged in and there she was, beaming back at me through her phone. But you know what, let me put some lip gloss on. Let me put on some lip gloss, you know, set myself up. <laughs> We got our levels sorted, checked things, and then, once we were ready, we dived in. Chasamoy, thank you so much for giving me your time. Like, I'm, it's such a treat to, to thank see Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a weird year. How have you found, like, lockdown as an artist? Do you know what? Compared to last year, I think this year has been way better. 
I think it's just adapting to the change and accepting the things that have happened and just like getting on with life. Because I feel like last year for me was pretty tough. Oh God, it was a nightmare. It was just like the world is changing. There's a virus out here, killer virus. Yeah. I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about myself. I've had some broken relationships. I fell out with friends and stuff. So it was just so heavy. And then that's when I really started doing music. People were noticing me. It was at that moment that No Chaser came out on GRM Daily. It really started blowing up. Chasing my dreams, shake these demons off me. Time to wake them up, morning coffee. Course I'm the shit, they flushing the kid. Hats up, lay real low, I've been spotting the sit. I'm a baby girl, you know I'm still up in the crib. With some unknown hitters, yeah, I'm rolling with them. I'm a real ass bitch, I ain't looking for Ken. Got 50 with my niggas, cause I'm real to the end. But then I didn't have the people that I started with, like my friends and stuff around me. So that was very difficult. Yeah. And just learning to adapt and go on with life without certain people was like, it was insane. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. I, it's a lot of energy to carry around when like your job is about channeling that energy and like writing creatively. Mm. Did you, would you, were you creative in those first few weeks or was it? No, I'm not going to lie. The first few weeks, I was all over the place. I was trying to just make sense of everything. But after a while, I kind of just channeled it into my music. And it actually ended up inspiring me to write quite a lot of things. Like my last release, Back to Sender, that was inspired about everything that was going on around me. And my release before that, No Chaser, that was like the highlight of lockdown for me and just like adapting to the change of not having certain people around me. That song literally sums it all up, like, yeah. 100%. It's great you found that energy all the way through. I've struggled at times. <laughs> mm. um, it's not easy, though. I'm not going to lie. It's, it, it's not. And you have to really look deep within yourself to try and, like, channel a negative into a positive. It's not easy. I'm not going to lie. But only you can do it. No one else can do it for you. You literally have to just search so deep within yourself. And so is that where your writing often comes from? Do you kind of look inwards when you're mm-hmm. kind of like focusing? Is it about mm-hmm. how you're feeling? Yeah, with me, all my songs, they're very personal to me. Like literally, it's literally based on what I'm feeling and what's going on around me. So it's very unique to me, mm. I would say, 100%. Yeah, I find music, for me, it's like an expression. It's like my diary. Basically, I write a lot, I journal a lot. So that's like a way for me to like convey it into my music is through writing. When did you start writing a diary then? I've been doing it for years, you know, like I've literally got a journal with all my poems that I used to write when I was like 12, 13, like I've literally still got it. So it's always been like an outlet for me. Yeah, always has been. Yeah, I saw in an interview that you started out writing poetry. Yeah. Um, was that kind of, I'm trying to think back, so is this primary, do you think, or secondary kind of time that you started? Um, for me, it was primary school. I actually really enjoyed English, funny enough, like the poetry side of it. I remember even one of the first poems I wrote, it was based on black history and it even got published in the Hackney Library. I wish I had like the article and everything, but yeah, that was like, that was it for me. Like, I loved it. I absolutely loved poetry. What was the poem about? It was about black history and just like the things that people were going through, the hardship, the slave times and stuff like that. And just my outlook on it. I wish I could, I wish I had it. Like, that's so annoying. That's, that's one thing I wish I kept, but I never did, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, it was just like how I felt about it. Cause I was very touched by that subject when I was younger. Even we, t- we went to like an exhibition. I think it was in that same library. And I think I was the only one that cried. Like it really, really touched me like so yeah I feel things quite deeply 
And I think that's what inspires me to write as well, because I think I'm quite an emotional and very, like, I'm very in touch with my emotions. Did your parents notice then, or, like, uh, or your teachers then notice that you had this gift? Do you know, I think it was quite a private thing, like, because I was... I don't know, with my music and with writing, it's very, like, I get very vulnerable. And it wasn't something I was ready to let everyone into because it was just so close to me and just so personal. So it's only of recent that I've been very open, like, with my music. Like, I've, even with music, I've been doing it for a while, but it's only recently I've, like, had the courage to let everyone in and just, like, oh. embrace me and what I'm doing. Do you think there's anything that helped you make that, help that change to happen? Like, is there anything that... Did you see something or was there an artist or something? Is there anything that made you decide you wanted to share? I think it's a collective of things, you know. I think it's just where my mind was at the time and what I was going through. Certain people that were in my life as well definitely inspired me. Like meeting my manager was just like life-changing for me. And just, I would say it's everything. It was just so many factors that helped me to do it. That's, that's, that's really interesting. So like here you are now where... I feel like the whole of the landscape is kind of opened out towards you now and you kind mm. of got to work out where you want to go and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like when you started, like this is your job now, right? This is what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, literally. Yeah, like that's scary um, <laughs> as, as, as a jump. And uh, what did you think the job would be? Like when you started thinking you might want to do it, what did you think it would be? And is it that or is there different stuff you weren't expecting? Do you know what? That's a good question. I think I thought it would just be just music and, you know, releasing music but it's so much more than that it's like letting people into your world and with me I feel like I was quite a private person but with music you're literally letting everyone into everything and everyone is just you have to let people know about yourself people want to know about you and yeah it's been it's been interesting because it's not something I'm used to but I think I'm definitely adapting to it definitely Yeah, of course, letting everyone into everything. That's what I'm finding so scary and exhausting right now. Not the writing, but rebuilding that connection with an audience. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's such a big thing. Do you know what? I hadn't really thought about it, but I kind of hate social media, right? Like, I kind of, when when the lockdown started, I just (laughs) stopped using Twitter, stopped. Yeah. Um, And now I'm kind of starting to realise I kind of, I have to start using it again. You need it. Um, you do. If it wasn't for me doing music, I don't think I would have social media at all. It's so draining. Yeah, yeah. It can, no, it can be draining because social media definitely has its benefits. Does it take you a long but... time to write a post? Because what I don't get is people put posts up and I'm like, it takes me like half an hour to put a Facebook post together because I really think about really? it. Do you know what's so funny? With my team, we actually discuss my captions and stuff because I can never straight off the bat just think of something. I'm always like, oh, what do you think of this? Or should I change this? Is it too much? Like, we, I proper overthink it. I'm a big overthinker. So yeah, my team definitely helped me get through my social media posts. <laughs> Have you got any tips for anyone who is trying to like move into this space then, who is kind of like, who, who enjoys writing passionately and like might write in, in mm. their spare time, but any advice of like making that change to anyone, anything that you found like... You just have to go for it, you know, and don't overthink things. I think that's one thing that kind of like held me back, overthinking and thinking you're not good enough or like, you know what I mean? Like people are always going to relate to you as long as it's raw and if you're just unapologetically yourself, people will always relate to it. Like, you'll be so surprised the people that are going through the same things as you, you know. No matter how crazy it sounds, like, there's always going to be someone in this world going through the same thing as you. It's a big world, you know. There's millions, 
billions of people in this world, like definitely someone is feeling the exact same way that you are, 100%. Because like everyone's going to get like haters, right? I work with a lot of young people. Yeah. They write, like, make the first like rap track and they put it out and they put out a YouTube video <laughs> and they get like, you know, like 20 views and, and they get like a couple of down likes, uh, you know, down, yeah. down on it. And, and they're crushed uh, and, and, you know, mm. and they kind of just don't want to do it ever again. Mm. Um, how do you overcome that fear of failure? I wouldn't even say it's failure. You know? I see it as like a drive to do better. hundred million percent. That's why even with people that are like hesitant to release music and stuff like that, I feel like you need to give it to the world. You see what people are saying. You know, I feel like with negative opinions, just take it with a pinch of salt. Like, just see what they think you could possibly do better if they say, oh, her rhymes or whatever, her flow is a bit dead or whatever. Do better then. Do a better flow next time. Write better, go harder. Like, it should literally fuel you. And definitely don't look too deep into it because I feel like with positives, there's always going to be negatives. That's just, that's just life, like, literally. There's always going to be good. There's always going to be bad. But don't ever take it too personally because especially with something like music, it's so subjective, like, what to someone is the most incredible thing to someone else is complete garbage. Mm. So you can never, ever take it too personally. Do you have any advice for teachers who want to encourage young MCs or any mm-hmm. spark, like a- a- anybody who wants to like help someone kind of like pursue that passion? Yeah. What I would say is create like a safe space for people to come and be vulnerable and to voice their opinions let out their emotions and just don't let, don't let them feel like they're being judged. Cause I think that's one thing that hindered me. I always felt like people were judging me or they'll think, Oh, well, like, you know what I mean? I'm crazy or I don't know, but, but definitely creating a safe space is like the number one tip. Cause that's the whole point of being creative. You need to be in a space where you feel comfortable and stuff. That's why I write my best bars when I'm in my bed. Cause that's, that's where I'm literally the most comfortable out anywhere on this earth. Like, is there a time of day as well? Cause for me, it's like first thing in the morning in bed. I do like to, I write, that's when I write. I think it's any time of day. It's when you feel the most comfortable and the most relaxed. It's all about relaxation. You can't, there can't be too much going on, like too much tension or just like, you know, you need to be at peace to be able to like channel whatever you're feeling into music or into poetry or into anything really, to be honest. The future, are you hopeful about it? Glass half full, glass half empty, what do you think? Oh, my glass is running over the top full, literally like, with life, I feel like your outlook literally determines everything. Cause I feel like I used to be quite negative and stuff, but so much things have been happening around me. And I think it's down to me just changing the way that I think. And just being hopeful and just taking every day as it comes. Because every day is a new day. And you literally never know what is going to happen in a day. You might even win the lottery, do you know what I mean? Win a scratch card, whatever. You just need to be positive. Having a positive mindset is everything, literally. Saying yes more than saying no kind of thing. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And also speaking words of affirmation. I think that's been an absolute life changer for me. Literally saying today's going to be a great day. I can achieve this. I one thing that I've been saying a lot recently is I don't chase. I don't chase. I attract what belongs to me. What belongs to me will simply find me. Affirmations are so powerful, you know. And I think that's something teachers should definitely try and get their students to do because it literally just, everything in this world is energy. And I feel like when you speak positive energy, it will always come back to you. 100%. Because the universe is actually working in our favour, but we just need to believe it. What a great chat. 
And this positive affirmation stuff isn't something I've really heard of before, or, or perhaps I have heard of it, but I'm just not taking it very seriously. But maybe there is something in it. I can understand how injecting a little positivity into your routines could be worthwhile. After all, it clearly seems to have had a huge impact on Chassamon. Just go for it. Don't be scared of anything. This world is so limitless. Like, there's so many things that we can achieve if you literally just believe and manifest it. Like, because it's crazy. The things that I've done now, if you literally told me last year, I would have said it's no way. Me performing in front of 80,000 people, I would have said, no. I would have even said, no, I can't do it. Like, it's impossible. But you literally just have to allow yourself to grow go through things, be in your emotions. It's okay to feel the way you're feeling because we're all human. We all feel like, you know, we all feel things. So just be yourself and just go for it, man. Your most important opinion is what you think of yourself. Like that sets the tone for the rest of your life. Like literally, you're in a permanent relationship with yourself. So you have to make it the best one. Maybe Shah Simone's right. Maybe I should be a bit kinder to myself on a daily basis. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. I went away and decided to do what Shah Simone said. I figured I could try it for a month, this positive affirmation, saying positive things to myself every day, pushing back against the negative thoughts that I sometimes let take over, like those intense negative thoughts I had about my banger. Every morning I got in front of the mirror and said things like, Today is going to be a great day. I can achieve this. Today is going to be a great day. I can achieve this. I can achieve this. I don't chase. I don't chase. What belongs to me will simply find me. I also chucked in the occasional, you can do this. Good job. It felt kind of weird. A little bit like how I talk to Bruce sometimes, but it also felt kind of nice. Taking a little time to reinforce that things are going to be okay? It definitely didn't do any harm. It made me smile a bit. Plus, I, I don't know. If you say it enough, you start thinking it too. So yeah, week one, not a lot happened. I got a parking fine. <laughs> um, Bruce chewed up my headphones and the food bin split when I was changing it. So I went again. Week two, I did get some work offers. Actually, one huge contract for a live-streamed workshop series that would take me weeks. And I got that job offer the first day that my positive affirmations included the phrase, let's go. I'd said that to myself three times before I sat down to start work. So from that point on, I started saying, let's go a lot more. Week three, not a lot. Had some nice time with the dogs and with Lucy. I was generally feeling a bit more positive, I, th I think. Um, I got invited to a friend's birthday party, but I think he would have invited me anyway. But then week four, my mate Jay got in touch out of the blue. And it was weird. He said that he knew someone with a recording studio, like a big one, and that that guy wanted to make an audiobook out of a load of my poems. 
a way to share a whole ton of my work with a wider audience and that he wanted to do it for free. This was not like the other work bookings that would occasionally appear in my inbox. This, a free audiobook of my work, that sounds too good to be true, right? Even so, I replied to the guy, his name was Chris, and arranged the time to head to the studio. On the day itself, I felt a little uncertain about what I was going to find. As I pulled off the main road and down this leafy country drive, there was the name of the place. Backland Studios. As I waited for the automatic iron gate to swing open for me, I said a couple of let's goes to myself for extra luck and drove in. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's where I am now. Uh, hey, everyone, it's Mark here. Um, I'm at Backland Studios uh, in Oundle, about a 20-minute drive from from where I live in Peterborough. Um, and it's beautiful. It's it's out in the in in the countryside. There's a really nice baker's round the corner. I'm going to get a loaf on the way back, and, and I'm not in my living room anymore, which is so nice. But there are still sofas and soft chairs and um, there's guitars and amps and a drum kit and like of soundproofing and 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 mics, really nice quality mics everywhere. And um, and there's Chris on the uh, over in the booth. Hello, how you doing? That's Chris. Hey, hey, Chris. Thank you so much for for the coffee and and for like inviting me here to do this. No problem. Great coffee, I would say. And do you know what? It's the coffee. I'm not going to lie. The coffee's really good. It's got to be good, otherwise, I don't, I'm never going to talk to myself ever again. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Need good coffee. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna try recording um, an audio book or like a like a collection. I've got my my poetry collection, Rogue Teacher. I never thought about putting that together into a into a collection and um going over those poems would be kind of kind of cooler I, I I guess but like I I just thought I'd ask like cuz I really appreciate this like why uh wh- why did you decide to to get in touch about this I think it was just really post covid um obviously I wanted to kind of get into different areas of the business and this is certainly something I wanted to do but also just giving something back you know it's this is cool thing to do um, mutual friend introduced me to you, which was mega. So thanks, Jay. But yeah, it's um, that's primarily the reason why I want to do it. So I uh, haven't told you this, but um, one thing that's kind of incredible about this for me is I've been interviewing different MCs for my podcast series, and I've just interviewed Sha Simone a, a few weeks ago, and and she does this positive affirmation thing where she says positive stuff to herself in, in in the mirror, like, you know, you're a good person, good things will come to you and, and, and stuff like that. And it's almost like she kind of orders stuff within life through that process. I've been doing that the last month and then your offer to come here and do this is like come in at the end of that. I'm not saying that I've cosmically ordered you because that's a weird thing to say to someone, but like, did you wake up? One morning and just decide this was something you wanted to do? Uh, maybe. Maybe we could say yes to that. I'm going to say yes. Really? Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm, maybe. I, I guess. All right, well, let's give it a go. Yeah, man. Let's, let's give it a go. Sure. So that's where we are. I left those studios 
after recording. And Chris has sent me complete audio files to upload for my first proper audiobook of poetry. I'm I'm gonna upload it on Spotify the same day that this podcast goes out. My collection of poetry rogue teacher. Pretty much every single poem in that collection is now accessible online. Um, I guess people can pay for it if they want to on iTunes or or on Bandcamp or, or whatever. And that's not something I had before I chatted with Shasamone. I don't know. What I think is cool is that this project, making things, talking with people, it has resulted in helping me with my poetry. Since then, I had another gig in Norwich. My pages were shaking in my hand again. My leg was bobbing up and down a fair bit too. I made a joke out of it whilst I was on stage and and sort of tumbled along. Sold a few books afterwards. It's still going to be rough for me, I think, as a performer compared to how I was. But I'm not going to focus on the negatives. I'm going to try to believe in myself. I may not say it out loud every day, but I'm going to try and think it more and I'm going to keep moving. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to need to because next week I'm catching up with my old mate Ross. He's going to grill me during the episode on what I've learned during this project. We're also going to share tracks that have been sent in by you guys and I, I guess it's kind of a big announcement too. This means it's your final call to send through any tracks that you've written you'd like us to show on the series. The deadline is going to be the 5th of December 2022. If you get some bars written by then and email them to mark at markgrist.com, I'll be sure to listen to them and send you feedback. My favourite ones Ross and I will discuss on the episode. It's time to bring this thing to a close. Next time on Mark Can't Rap. This episode of Mark Can't Rap was written by me, Mark Grist. It featured an interview with Shah Simone and audio editing by Juxta. This podcast was produced with public funding from Arts Council England. Thanks for listening.